Everyone, welcome to the first ever Scuff Stuff podcast with your host and resident idiot, Connor Castro, and special guest, John. Hello. There we go. So, <coughs> oh shit. Well, shit. Glad that you got the, got the ghost word out on the school audio, huh? It, it's, it's a podcast. No, nobody really cares as long as it's like, you know, a small amount. So. Oh. Real quick, this is a podcast where you basically, we're, we talk about anything, because why not? Also, I couldn't really think of a good topic for the podcast, so we're just going to speak until we stop. Oh, I see. Okay. So. <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, you're welcome. We're, basically, this whole thing's going to be a bit scuffed, you know? Raw, unedited, hopefully. Unless I put some music in the background for, you know, comedic purposes or some shit. Yeah, I see. But, basically going to talk about recent events, so what are, some, what are some things in the world you'd like to talk about, whether it be in school, somewhere else, or do just random shit entirely? Uh, you know, if we just do random, random stuff, to be honest, that's going to be quite interesting, because we have no idea where we're going to go. Damn straight. <laughs> there is no script. Yeah. Uh, so, any, like, anything specific, maybe? Or just... Specifics? Specifics. Specifics? Ooh. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you gotta get crack all your necks and stuff. <laughs> hey, don't talk about my addiction here, damn it. Um. I don't know, really. I mean, yeah. Alright, let's talk about something pretty still then. What do you think of the one guy who was, who was one of our school security guards? Don't remember what his name was or what he was doing, but what, what did you think of that whole fiasco? Oh, I actually haven't heard about that. What happened? Shit. Okay, so, re- real quick, quick synopsis. So there's a security guard, right? Mm-hmm. Big black guy, really cool. Everybody liked him. He started oh, hey. selling some shit. Yep. Oh. Don't remember what kind of shit he was selling, but he was selling something, and the school said, Fuck you! And they uh, kicked him out, I assume? Yep. I think I know. Yeah, I know what you were talking about. I actually did like him. I wonder what happened to him. Huh. Was he just selling drugs or something? Or like... I don't think it was drugs. I think it was just like... I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's, not, it's not the place. I hate it when I can't speak. It really sucks. <laughs> you know, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly really don't know. Like, I was thinking about different topics, but all of them had to, like, to relate to, like, history or something like that. But then... But then now putting on the spot, I wanted to talk about recent events and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm really the most updated with that. I've been more focused on the past. Well, then let's go with this. Okay. What what historical event are you most educated on, and how can you tell our viewers, as in Miss Blaker, what's going on here? Oh. Ooh. Most educated. Ooh. ooh. Biggest ooh, ooh, my friend. Ooh. ooh. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Mm, most educated. Well, just a couple. Probably like the politics going into World War One or um, uh, the fall. This is going to sound completely random. Fall of the Swedish Empire. Swedish Empire. Swedish Ooh. Empire. Do tell, my friend. Okay. So, back in what we would like to call the Thirty Years' War. This is sort of the beginning of the rise. Got to start off with the rise before you get to the fall. Rise of the. Uh, Swedish Empire came uh, Gustavus Adolphus 
uh, the Swedish king that uh, sided with the Protestant princes during the Thirty Years' War, which was a thirty-year war between the Cath between the uh, Catholics and the uh, Protestant Church, essentially mostly with the battleground in Germany being over. I think it was three million, three million Germans then, and then like less than like a hundred thousand other Europeans dead because they only paid like because it was only between the warring states. It was because Germany was divided up into different. Uh, counties, different uh, principalities. That's pretty scuffed. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, three million in 1600s. So that's like an entire population of like three third world countries. Yeah, exactly. It, it was bad. But ever since then, they slowly began increasing the influence throughout the Baltic region, taking uh, Lithuania, taking uh, Lithuania, St- well, no, taking Estonia, apologies, taking Estonia, Finland, pretty much the entire Baltic coast from Russia, uh, taking out, ma- taking out major power, uh, Denmark, Norway, Norway, Denmark, and uh, taking smaller uh, port cities along the Baltic state, pre- believing in their uh, destiny to control the entire Baltic. Which I'm guessing did not work. Unfortunately not, because... <laughs> Because Russia had other plans. Damn but, that sleeping bear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, fast forward several years to 1700, we have the youngest, one of the youngest kings I've ever heard of, uh, uh, King Augustus, well, King Carolus, yeah, King Carolus, or Carolus Rex, if you want to call him that. Uh, was one of his nicknames. 16 years old when he was uh, put on the throne. That's pretty, that's again pretty, that's pretty scuffed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and commentary is wonderful. Hey, <laughs> it's all I got, okay? It's all you got. <laughs> but um, we got Russia seeing an opportunity from Peter II, I believe, was the man in charge. Peter I or Peter II? I think it was Peter II, current Tsar of Russia eyeing the Baltic region, specifically St. Petersburg. St. <laughs> mm-hmm. Petersburg and, and uh, Finland to gobble up. Uh, he allied himself with the current, with the regional power, uh, Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, um, which, again, was a unity, which was a unity between the two monarchs, forming one massive super block, spanning all the way from the Baltic Sea all the way down to the Black Sea, going into Germany and Austria, and going as far as, I don't know, about 100 or 200 miles away from Moscow. Quite a little, it was quite a big powerhouse at, at the time. Then also allying with the remnants of the Kingdom of Denmark-Norway, which again, same story, two monarchs combining their powers into one. Oh. And all three of them vowed to take slabs of Sweden because of the young king. Yes, you must, of course, exploit young children. Yes, that, exactly. That age apparently really loved child slavery. Yes, yes they really did. They really did. <laughs> but um, reason why, because they thought his young, him being so young, would be an inexperienced leader. So they could take advantage of it, since no really any major military decisions can go by without the king's approval. So, are we? Just, does that imply that the kid was a military genius at sixteen? Well, as you'll f- soon figure out, he was. Oh fuck! Because scuff. Oh, oh yeah, scuff. scuff. Oops. <laughs> yeah, he um he thought best defense, good offense. So he his first decree was, I believe, 
Did he go after Polish Lithuania? No, he went after the King of Denmark, Norway first, and defeated them in a major battle um, right up, right along the uh, border, knocking out their army entirely. Huh. He just eliminated one country in a one battle, focusing on the last two majors, Polish Lithuania and uh, Russia, who are still mobilizing their armies. He took his army, which again was only about, uh, I say again, about 27,000 troops, roughly. So he, like, far cried these boys. Yes. He na- launched a naval invasion into Estonia, which was, part of it was uh, occupied by po- Polish-Lithuanian uh, Commonwealth troops, mm-hmm. and uh, it was supported by a shit ton of Russians, <laughs> which, which numbered in, I believe, 100,000. 100,000 Russians going up against about 27, now about 25,000 Swedish troops. The, outside the uh, town of Riga, which is now the current capital of Estonia. Woo! And the thing is, they all started bunkering down, they all started building trenches, and a snowstorm comes in. Neither side can move, they're waiting for the snowstorm to pass in the middle of the night. I think it was the middle of the night? It was sometime around that time. Twilight. Twilight, yes, twilight. And the generals were discussing with uh, Carolus about, like, their strategy, saying, like, well, if we go around here, if we try to attack through the town, we could probably get them off guard. When Carolus recognized that the wind had changed directions, so it wasn't blocking the view of both armies, it was only blocking the vision of the Russians, since it was blowing right in their face. (laughs) Meaning the Swedish can see them from about another 100 feet away, and the Russians still can't see them until they're already about 5 feet away. There comes in the white death or some shit. Yeah. He ordered a full charge of every single soldier he had against the fully fortified Russian lines, and the Swedish troops being unbelievably disciplined and trained, at the time, (laughs) being considered the best in Europe, even going up against the Prussians, who who are known as the military powerhouse, Swedish troops, also known as, uh, what was this, I can't remember the name. Swiss Army Knives? (laughs) No, that's Swiss Army (laughs) Knives. Yeah, I wish, I wish, uh, I think they're Carleons, named after Carleons Rex, but Mm -hmm. the Carleons were considered the most disciplined, most trained, most well, well, some of the most well-equipped troops in all of Europe at the time. So what they did was absolutely phenomenal, broke the lines of over 100,000 Russians and supporting Polish-Lithuanian troops. So much so that it caused a massive rout from the entire Russian army within less than an hour. And they rushed and... Fun fact about that retreat, there was a river they had to cross, and they tried to cross it all at once. 100,000 troops across the old stone bridge. Doesn't really add up. Bridge broke, killing several hundred. And then they still, many of them still were swimming for their lives because the Carleones were right behind them with bayonet and sword in hand, screaming, mind you, and this was part of their routine, screaming prayers in Swedish. So they were basically guardsmen. Yeah. Jesus they were, Christ. They were... They would scream out the well. They would scream the Lord's Prayer while, because you know they have like the old-fashioned line battle. Mm-hmm. They would scream the Lord's Prayer, looking the enemy dead in the eye, screaming it, and keep marching forward until they see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> and what made their army so unique and so effective was the average uh, battle 
distance between the two sides, like two opposing riflemen armies at the mm-hmm. time, was about a hundred yards. They would stop, they would start firing from a hundred yards, and this would go on for a couple of hours. The Swedish um, innovated a much more deadly form with uh, rounds that are comparable to modern-day anti-tank work. Uh, shells, about twenty millimeter, quote unquote. I mean, these are these are flintlock rifles. Uh, no, 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 like pretty, pretty big. So the size of like a fucking ball bearing. Scuff- pretty much bigger, a little bit bigger than that because it was more hefty. Mm-hmm. But they would march instead of going a uh, hundred yards, they would march about twenty yards. The first, they would march about <coughs> twenty to uh, forty yards, roughly, depending on the commander and depending on the uh, regiment. But they would watch to 20, 40 yards, and that's when uh, the first volley's already fired at them. The rush, the uh, enemy army's already fired at them because it's a hundred yard range. Right. And so they're still reloading. These men, screaming at the top of their lungs, come marching forward, running, yeah. putting basketball-sized holes in these poor people. Pretty much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't say basketball, but about maybe a golf ball. Maybe a golf ball, roughly. Boom. Just. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, not, Hans yeah. is gone, what happened? Yeah, 100 yards being hit, it's one thing. Being shot about 20 yards is a completely other story. Especially with such a large round. A very large round. I mean, I could be just overestimating the size of these muskets, but it's still. The, by the time it goes through you, your the body behind you is going to get hit as well. That's how close they were. But Wait. they, um, originally they were supposed to walk, but Carleon, <laughs> uh, Caloris Emperor uh, realized how stupid that was, so he so he instructed them to act like they were charging with their bayonets. So uh, the enemy would start preparing with their bayonets to countercharge, and once they start charging or once they're prepared, they would stop, kneel down, and all of them would fire into the unsuspecting crowd all at once, while the enemy was thinking that they would be preparing for a charge. Good job, fucking. Yep. And it was so close enough that one ball usually was about enough, enough to take out two, maybe luckily three, since they were all in one line. So roughly two people would be killed in one shot, and then the third one would be either seriously injured or would also be dead. And you have that with two rows of men firing all at once. <laughs> Nobody's surviving that. No one's surviving. It, it's bad. It was bad. They. That's how. They won almost every single one of the battles up until the very, very end. Till uh, they defeated Polish Lithuania, mm-hmm. which was an amazing feat. They put their own king in charge. They put a puppet <laughs> king. I believe his name was uh, Augustus II, uh, which was a Swedish, uh, Swedish-Polish line, Swedish-Polish nobility line that they put in. So he's loyal to Sweden. Right. Then they marched on to Russia, which. They went up against Russia in the winter and almost won, which I'll give them respect for that. That that never happens. Wait a minute. The Mongols did it, but... (laughs) Mongols don't count. (laughs) Mongols don't count. He he conquered half the entire universe. He doesn't count. Okay, yeah. He cheated. That's true. But, um... (laughs) They, uh... What was it? Oh. They marched quite far, even with dwindling supplies, up in... And only about 16, 14,000 troops... At the time, which was still unbelievably experienced and well-trained, mm-hmm. they got eventually as far as uh, Poltava, which is a town within the middle of Ukraine, marching all the way from Sweden, going all the way down following Peter's uh, 
men who were doing the stereotypical scorch and burn tactic. But on the day of the battle at Poltava, the king uh, became deathly ill. Uh, King Carlos became deathly ill. Mm -hmm. So he left it in charge of uh, his generals, believing that they could... uh, Believing that they could win the fight. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, they that's fu- not how it worked. Yeah, unfortunately, they fucked up very badly. But th- there are a lot of battles in between I'm missing. There was, like, a Russian battle where they uh, turned their coats inside out. So that way they appeared to be Polish-Lithuanian troops. So that way they could get better treatment than the... Uh, Carlos Rex figured that out and had them even more brutally murdered. <laughs> even um, more brutally? Even more brutally because in his mind he thought that that was completely dishonorable. How dare you? Because if you're going to die for your country you might as well accept the fact that you know you're from that country. So he put many of them to death. Dishonor! Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. Eh, still got a couple minutes. You're fine. But um... Yeah, there was that battle, there was a couple others. He eventually fled to the Ottomans, uh, who uh, unbelievably hate the Russians at the time. Because why not? Russians are evil, apparently. They... The historical reason was, though, that the uh, Black Sea ports, because the Ottomans had several... uh, Ottomans had several uh, client states, or puppet states, if you will, throughout the Black Sea, including, but not limited to, Sevastopol, around the uh, Crimean Peninsula, yeah, the Crimean Peninsula, if you want to be more specific, Mm -hmm. several other territories around the Ukraine region, and going down into the Caucasus. They have puppet regions, they had puppet regions, and the Russians wanted them, and they would get them eventually in a couple of years, unfortunately, (laughs) or fortunately, depending on your view. But the Swedish king fled, to uh, there, the Russians, the rebellious Poles, and the rebellious uh, Polish-Lithuanians, since they put the king in charge, yep. uh, started taking Sweden apart bit by bit. <laughs> I'll take this, you get that, and yeah. this is all mine. A partition. <laughs> Apartheid. Yeah, ironically, since the Polish-Lithuania would eventually be um, partitioned by the Aust- by Austria, Hungary, Prussia, and Russia less than 20 years later. By the Axis, oh by boy. The, uh, by the weirdly familiar Axis, but yeah. <laughs> They're believe... like friend, the Friends with Benefits group, of course. Yes. I can't remember if they petitioned it with Romania as well. No, Romania wasn't there at the time. But, what else? Oh. Yes, he went to Ottomans, he stayed there for a couple of years, building up his forces, then rode back on horseback from uh, Istanbul, or at the time it was still Constantinople, uh, 13 days, getting from Istanbul, or Constantinople, all the way back to the Swedish capital, Mm-hmm. On horseback, in the middle of the for- in the middle of 1700s, well, 1700 exactly, through enemy territory, with all of his forces. He's like, what's his face? Who you know burnt down an entire town and then was pardoned a couple of hundred years later. Uh, oh yeah, that guy, uh, <laughs> American raider. One guy, super cool. Yeah, he that guy he made his own flag. Can- Madly. Well, he didn't make his own flag. The Dutch, well, the Dutch made his own flag. True. Because they were sent a letter from Benjamin Franklin in France describing what the flag looked like. And then the Dutch made their own version of that flag, gave it to him, and they authorized that, and it still is, recognized as an official U.S. Navy's uh, flag. Yeah, one rowdy band of guys, a tiny, like, super quick ship, and he destroyed entire yeah. galleons. What a fucking mad lad. The Dutch, the Dutch were heavily 
they, they, they deny it, but they were heavily supportive of the uh, American Revolution because that freed up a lot of uh, trade and from the British monopoly that they had over the Atlantic. If the United States had power, however... The Sundere of nations. Let's yeah. be real here. Exactly. They um, they wanted uh, more. They wanted a more chance to have more uh, freedom, to uh, trade and such. I mean, after all, where else are they gonna steal spices from again? <laughs> so, and where else are they gonna try to impose a bloody monopoly on the market, which they unfortunately never got with America? But big tech, big tech. We gotta go. But they. Um, but yeah, that's that. But I think I just got off the beaten track. But that's okay. good. But I'm on. Wrapping it up real quickly here, the Carlos Rex eventually he I'm missing out on a lot of his personal life and he's very, very honorable, like very unique as well in accordance with history. But his tale unfortunately ends by 17, 13, 16, I believe. So like thirty years old. Yeah, like <coughs> yeah, like he spent almost over half of his life at war. Unfortunately, what a smart still, boy! It wasn't his choice, but he was sure shit was uh, willing to finish it. <laughs> right. So he uh, gathered up his forces and he sieged uh, another fortress at, uh, uh, in Denmark, Norway, to try to uh, at least regain some land. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and they still don't know who did it. A sniper in the dark shot him while he was overseeing some trench fortifications with his men. Like, he was going out on patrol because he cared for his men. He drank with his... Well, yeah, he, like, drank with his men. He hanged out with his men. He was the soldier king. He was another soldier. He was He was literally another soldier. He would not sit behind the front line. He would not sit behind them. He would always be in the front marching with them. Kind of giving him, like, an almost invincible or He'd never been injured before. But they don't know if it was a friendly sniper or an enemy sniper. But a sniper, nonetheless, shot him through the head, going out the other side and fortunately killing him, thus really marking the end of the Swedish Empire. After that, the empire, quote-unquote, still existed, but Denmark Denmark and Norway got their pieces, which are still in the modern borders today. Oh. Uh, Eventually they broke up because uh, hostilities between the two uh, families family of Denmark, family of Norway, then... Real quick, I'm just gonna say, why are the nations sound like real people? Like, whole ass just... Because, well, it's... It's really weird, but, um... Back back then, it was a little bit more simpler, I guess. One could say ruling a nation as a king or a queen, so you could kind of personify them as that, because at the time, whatever the king or monarch wanted, if they had it, King of Monarch wanted represented almost the entire interest of the nation. So, you can say Denmark Norway wanted this. And, well, in fact, it could be that the ki- only the king wanted this, but he dragged the whole country with them. Or the people wanted this, and the king just followed them. I'm saying king because 90% of all European monarchs were male because they focused on maleship. Right. Like, like uh, England only had about, like, a dozen or so queens compared to like the hundreds of other kings. Right. France had like again the same thing, only like two or three queens, and everything else was kings, quote unquote. Uh, but 
the last time anyone really got involved with the history of Swedish Empire, like, officially, because there, there are, like, cool-ass uh, songs by uh, Sabaton that got me into the subject as well. Mm -hmm. But I did my own research with it. But the last time anything official, like, government official, they did with Carlos Rex was that, unfortunately, I believe it was about 1920s, 1910s, 1920s, uh, where there was a rumor going about that the reason why uh, the king, King Carlos, never married. He never got married. He never had sex, supposedly. He Bored never, children. Yeah, he never had children. The reason, and he was like completely antsy with relationships. Was and like someone spread the rumor that he was a hermaphrodite. Oh, and so they dug up his corpse. They dug up his body from the official uh, room and they did an autopsy and it proved he was not. And so they desecrated an entire tomb for nothing. Oh boy. A desecrated tomb that's been sealed since the 1700s, uh, glittered with white marble and gold uh, symbols around it. Why not? Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your commentary is something else. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's like you don't really know what to say. I'm sorry. Well, there is nothing to say. It's like... Can't speak because I'm dumb. That's part of the I whole think, podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know why I like love it. Well, I can say that, but that's more of a personal thing. I can say why I love history so much, though. But like, it's just moments like that in history that's like just been forgotten in time that could be so interesting or so beautiful, so unique, so fucking funny, so fucking funny. Yeah, like just analyzing it and watching it and just. Seeing the whole thing, how it unfolds, you sometimes, even though you know what's going to happen at the very end, you still end up rooting for a lot of these figures to, like... Come on, you can to, do it! Try to get on top, yeah. Like, um... And then, like, every Game of Thrones novel, they just... Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Pre... Oh, God. Pre-globalization Europe was such a Game of Thrones time, too, as well. It was so much fun. Like, <laughs> so much fun. It was so much fun. Like, we got a Serbian nationalist shooting some Archduke of, Archduke of Austria-Hungary. I'm going into a really weird accent when I'm pronouncing Austria-Hungary. Why not? Eh, there was a movement to make it the United States of Austria. <laughs> it was such a simpler time. It you was know, such a kill a guy, stab somebody over coins. You know, to kill a guy, <clears throat> stab someone over coins, and you know, start a war that has serious ramifications that we still feel to this day. Why? Because it was fun. You were bored. Mm -hmm. Or oh, I should have talked about the election of 1912, one of the most important elections. But, um, we'll probably do that next episode. I mean, if, if you want. Hell it's yeah. fine. If you want to do it, like, tomorrow or something. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I kind of... Everyone, that was scuffed. Good, good scuffing luck trying to, you know, get us I to talk about something else. Yeah, I understand any of that. Right. <laughs> All right. Have a good time, boys.